This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Well, uh, we are about to tell you about a groundbreaking change in the way we deal with heart disease. Uh, We uh, are having a little trouble getting our guest on the phone, but uh, let me set the stage for you. And uh, that is a groundbreaking change in the way we deal with heart disease. And that is the result of a Canadian-led study. So here's the thing. Uh, about one and a half million Canadians are at very high risk for heart disease. Uh, and a lot of those people take aspirin. And when I talk about heart disease, I am talking about um, I'm talking about uh, coronary artery disease. I'm talking about the risk of stroke. And uh, a lot of these people take uh, a small aspirin. And a Canadian-led study, uh, a Canadian-led study um, followed about 28,000 people, and it found that there is actually a better way to deal with this. And that better way to deal with it uh, is adding um, another drug to the mix. Uh, so this is very important news. I mean, one of the one of the things that comes up uh, when you're talking about any of these drugs is that it can cause bleeding, and I believe that is what they figured out. Uh, we do have our guest on the phone now, so let's go to her. We have Dr. Sonia Anand. Hello. Hello. Oh, great. We've got you. Thanks for joining us. No problem. Okay, so uh, give us a brief on your study. Sure. This um, was a large international clinical trial. Uh, 27,395 people who had vascular disease, meaning coronary artery disease or peripheral artery disease, were randomized to receive one of three uh, therapies. And the standard therapy is aspirin alone. And the two experimental therapies used a new um, anticoagulant drug called rivaroxaban at very low doses. One was used together with aspirin, and one was used on its own without aspirin. And this whole uh, study population was followed for about two years. And what we saw was individuals who received the aspirin and low-dose rivaroxaban combination had a 24% reduction in recurrent cardiovascular events, stroke, as well as dying from one of those conditions. Okay, so, just um, just to uh, re- re- just to get us briefed, were were these all people who had had a major what you call cardiovascular event, or were they people who were also at risk for this? Uh, they were all people with established vascular disease, so they either had 
a prior heart attack or they had a, a lot of vascular disease in their other arteries. Okay, and um, a 24% uh, decrease, what does that translate to? Sometimes it's really hard to understand what those percentages of risk mean. Yeah, so that's a good uh, point. So it, it means that the group who um, only received aspirin over the course of two years, um, 5.5% of those people had an adverse outcome like cardiovascular death, heart attack, or stroke, compared to the group that received the drug plus the aspirin, and their rate of event was 4.1%. Um, so the absolute reduction was lower, and that's what the 24% refers to. Okay, and yeah. Um, and does, you know, when you put the numbers that way, they don't look as dramatic. Is that going to be enough to change what is considered the standard treatment? Uh, it's a good question, and um, I think it will be. I think what clinicians will have to do, or physicians, is uh, look at the patient in front of them, decide if they're um, at high enough risk of a recurrent event, and a low enough risk so that bleeding won't be an issue, and decide if changing them to this new combination of medications is in the patient's best interest. So they'll have to take the results of this trial and tailor it to their specific patient. Uh, tell me a little bit about the risk of bleeding with that drug and other similar drugs. Yeah, so... Whenever we use an anticoagulant for any condition, we uh, would expect some patients will have bleeding. And, um, you know, we divide bleeding up into if it's life-threatening bleeding, uh, the type that end, lands you in hospital and you need various um, treatments, or if it's not as serious. So in this trial, we did observe that overall bleeding was increased. Um, but when we looked at the types of bleeding, there was no increase in the most severe types of bleeding, meaning a bleed into the brain or a bleed that caused death. So um, it seems as though most of the bleeds occur from the gastrointestinal system, so from the stomach or below. So that's where um, physicians will have to you know, pick patients to move to this newer combination of drugs based on what they perceive their risk is and what the past history of a particular patient has been. And doesn't, uh, in the first place, the, the aspirin increase the risk of stomach bleeds? Yeah, so aspirin is um, certainly associated with stomach bleeding and irritation of the stomach lining. And so a second part of this trial, which is still ongoing, is testing whether adding a stomach protector drug can reduce bleeding compared to not using a stomach-protecting drug. And so that arm of the trial will wrap up toward the end of 2018, and that will provide additional important information as to whether we should give this new combination of anticoagulant aspirin plus the stomach-protecting drug. And what happens... Uh from stomach bleeds, like what are what are the results of having a stomach bleed? Because I would think you probably don't even necessarily know it, right? Yeah, so some people don't know, and if they go to their family doctor and they check their um, blood count, and they say, oh, it's dropped a bit. 
and that's sometimes the first sign of a gastrointestinal bleeding issue. In other cases, people do notice that they're actually throwing up blood or passing blood clots. So it, those are more serious gastrointestinal bleeds that require a patient goes to hospital and sometimes receive a blood transfusion. So there's a whole range of gastrointestinal bleeds from not really noticing anything to being admitted to hospital. Okay, and um, again, uh, what are you telling people uh, to do in terms of uh, if they're on a daily aspirin, should they be talking to their doctor about maybe changing the regimen? What does this mean? The the first thing is um, this uh, drug dosing is not available in Canada yet, so no one can be switched to this new combination as of yet. The uh, pharmaceutical company who makes the medication will have to now um, apply for approval to the FDA in the United States and Health Canada in Canada. So if it passes the approval process of those bodies, uh, then it may be uh, available and sold in Ontario. And then the, the second question will be, will the Ontario government cover this medication at this dose? Um, or will patients have to pay out of pocket? Mm-hmm. So, so what? A couple, a couple hurdles to go yet. So what kind of timeline are we looking at? Um, difficult for me to say precisely, but you know, at least um, nine months to, to a year. Mm-hmm. Okay, and the first part of that would be Health Canada. How long would that be? Well, typically the um, pharma companies make their applications to the U.S. and the European agencies first, and then Health Canada reviews those approvals and makes their decision. So I think the Health Canada component will come after the FDA in the United States. Okay. Dr. Anand, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for your interest. Okay. Bye-bye. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.